Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your Discovery Liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting-edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. that are good for you won't taste good. They won't taste right. When you're used to. When yes. you're used to yes. all the junk and all the other things. Yes. Now, we want to flip that script because if you have start transitioning into where the good things for you start to taste good, then the things that aren't good for you will start to taste like plastic. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your favorite host, Dr. Cece Brooks, functional medicine nurse practitioner and self-proclaimed toxin tamer. And I'm your co-host, Anna Kate, your overly... Achievable. Achievable. (laughs) Medical mystery overachiever. (laughs) Swiss cheese in the brain. Welcome to our podcast. We're just going to leave it at that because that's as good as it's going to (laughs) get. Oh, y'all. It has been a day. But here we are. We're here. We're up for you guys. We are ready to go. Either join us on the short crazy bus or get out of the way because we're coming whether you like it or not. I said achievable. I like achievable. That made sense in my brain. It did to me too. Anywho, we are continuing our conversation from the last episode where we started to dive into all things health and wellness with kids going back to school. Obviously, that's prime time to focus on those little germ bags, but also on us as parents or family members or just innocent bystanders Mm -hmm. who, who, bystanders, not bystanders, who, uh, you know, are subjected to, what do you call them? Snot goblins. What do you call your snot goblins? Let us know. I want to know. I want to know what you call your snot goblins. (laughs) I mean, they are just evil little things that come in with snot. I mean, I... She means the germs are evil, not the kids, guys. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're just the car- <laughs> The goblins are the carriers for the snot. I don't know how they breathe. Like, I am I will blow my nephew's nose. And I'm like. Uh, what comes out is amazing. I mean, he loses five pounds every time I, I blow his nose. How do you not breathe? How do you not know you that. You should see the poops that come out of these little things. <laughs> no, thank you. His mom and daddy can handle that. I'm just going to handle the. I'm going to put the food in and get the snot out, and that's about it. There you I'm, go. I'm, True anti-status. Na- Nana's okay with that one. Anyways, in case y'all missed it, we talked about supplements in terms of daily supplements mm-hmm. and going into fluvid season, as I called it, and, and as adults, what we can take, as kids, what to take. We also went into some kind of daily modalities that we use in our household um, for mm-hmm. health and wellness and some detox tips and tricks. Um and now we'll dive into some other categories that are of relative food. importance, like food. Yeah, food, yeah. yummy food. Yum, yum. Food. Yum, yum, yum. 
Um, something that is food is very important, obviously. It's kind of up there with breathing. It's up there with breathing and water. Um, but I think nowadays, something my mom always says is like, I'm crazy. Everyone knows I'm crazy with like what I, I give my kids or what like kind of my standard is. And she's like, she, my mom raised us kind of less than, than I am, less crunchy than I am for Mm -hmm. sure, but still with the same thought process. Um, and she was like, I never paid attention to this, you know, when you guys were kids and you turned out just fine, et cetera. But the things that exist now did not exist back then. Right. There were not genetically modified foods and bioengineered foods in which on the labels, it doesn't say bioengineered, but if you go on the website and dive down into nutritional facts, mm-hmm. at the end, there's a little asterisk that says contains bioengineered foods. And you're like, what? What is that? What does that even mean? Like you're tampering with God's creation mm-hmm. here. It just is not, it doesn't sit well with me. So I'm a stickler when it comes to our foods, but I also, the ages that my kids are at, I don't ever want them to feel left out. And so I just find balance Mm -hmm. in that if my kids go to school and they're like, hey, my friend had this rainbow colored cereal and I want this rainbow colored cereal instead of like (laughs) just saying absolutely not and Mm -hmm. having panic attacks with all the food dyes that are in that. I'm like, okay, let mommy find my version of it that I'm comfortable with, that I know it's it's a better option for your body, mm-hmm. and let's have that. And it's not to say that it's not still filled with sugar. It is. Yeah. But instead of food dyes, it's dyed with beet powder and spirulina and, you know, different natural ingredients that we can find that still make it that fun mm-hmm. flavor or color. Um, spirulina makes things blue. Yeah, It looks green, but it makes things blue. Wait, I actually had a patient yesterday shout out to this patient who had the most amazing idea. So they make homemade uh, plant-based milk. So they make um, their own almond milk at home and cashew milk at home. But to make it fun, they use a little bit of spirulina to just color it. So the kids have their blue milk. milk. And then they use a tiny bit. So spirulina is actually good because it's not, you can use quite a bit of it and it doesn't have a a nasty flavor. Can't taste it. Yeah, exactly. Um, When it comes to beet powder, you can if you use too much. So they'll use a tad and it'll turn the milk pink. So they have like their fun pink milk, almond milk that they make at home and their fun blue milk. I thought that was very cute. Yeah. Shout out to you, mama. Like, Can't say her name, but you know who I am. Yeah. It was actually dad. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yay for stay at home dads. I know. Or dad, dad advocates. Daddy duties. Daddy duties. Um, but so that, that's a huge ingredients are, are a huge part of our overall health and wellness mm-hmm. is, you know, something like, I mean, the kids just get handed out candy, like it's candy <laughs> all the time for everything. Yeah. Like even at school, at gymnastics, which I'm like, this is so counterintuitive, but I will like my, um, daughter's gymnastics coach when they they'll very rarely but they will give out candy for as you know rewards every once in a while and she emailed me and said ava said that i can't have this and i was like first of all (laughs) you go girl like way to stand up for your values sister exactly um but i was also like okay 
in that moment, I don't want her friends getting these things. And then Ava not being able to, because I think that's what starts to make kids resentful. Right. And then they just rebel and then they hide things behind your back. And I don't want that. So I wrote back and I just said, yeah, absolutely. We just prefer other options. Would it be okay if I bring in a treat box for Ava specifically? That way you can pull from it when, you know, she earns those things. And the coach wrote back and said, no, I would actually like to get it myself. Like, I would like to be educated on this. Could you tell me? I just don't know where to go. Could you tell me what companies to kind of look up? Yummy Earth. Yeah, Yum Earth and Unreal are my go-tos. But I thought that was so cool that she was open to it and wanted to do something for Ava and wanted to learn about it. Nice. So that's the balance that I'm talking about that works in our household. Some you know, again, I am very much a convenience and non-toxic merge together type of human. Yeah. So I completely understand that we would all be better off if we were following a paleo type diet where it's more just nutrient dense, whole foods, mm-hmm. et cetera. We try to do that for the most part, but the reality is kids are exposed to other children at school and at the park mm-hmm. and My only hope is that I am educating my kids enough to learn about those ingredients, to learn about what things to maybe avoid, and then just choose the better option. Right. That's what I'm all about. And I think that that's worked well for us, where they feel like they can be part of those things and not feel left out, but also be confident in them, like we kind of talked about last time or last episode, be confident in those decisions as because they know why. Right. You know, Ava, she goes... Yeah, I don't eat that because that has chemicals. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a little. Like, we don't want to shame people for, for, you know, eating things that we don't. But it's just her seven-year-old brain's way of rationalizing right. why we want to avoid it or why we choose to avoid it. Well, I want to give I want to give our listeners discoverers a, a homework to do. And this is something that unless you're in this lifestyle and adopt it as a lifestyle, um, so things that are good for you won't taste good. They won't taste right. When you're used to, when you're used to all the junk and all the other things. Now we want to flip that script because if you have start transitioning into where the good things for you start to taste good, then the things that aren't good for you will start to taste like plastic. Yes. You are so right in this. So a great example is will and i think we talked about this in one of the intro episodes but will my husband he is a little sugar fiend like he loves peanut Mm m&ms and when we first kind of ventured down this journey i was like hey he's gotta go and i gave him the unreal Mm -hmm. peanut and he was like there's no way i mean they call them something else but they are very similar to peanut m&ms he's like there's no way i'm gonna like these and he had them and he was like wait these actually taste better because it tastes real. Right. And then he can't, he'll every once in a while, he'll pick up like a, a Snickers or something and he'll be like, it tastes, it tastes synthetic. Weird. It tastes yeah, weird. It tastes fake, yeah. but it does, especially for kids and, and adults too, who are, who have just been used to the same things over and over and again, it does take a learning curve and then your taste buds change and your palate changes. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice that you start craving natural sugars like mango instead of candies and mm-hmm. things like that. That's a really great point. So I I check you. Huh. I encourage you to um to try that in your own home and kind of switch out things and like again, 
nothing is off limits, but there are things that we can make better choices. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Um, You know, like, I don't think it's realistic for anyone to give up sugar. Like, across the board. So no fructose, no sucrose, like no fruit sugar, like all, like there are better ways to, like, I'm not suggesting that, but I am suggesting that, like I made a chia seed pudding this morning and I didn't sweeten it with anything, but I put coconut. I mean, I put um, raspberries and blueberries and the raspberries and blueberries were really sweet. So that's Mm -hmm. what I put in my, to sweeten it up for me because I do like things sweet. I like You know, sometimes the honey just doesn't sweeten enough for, for like me. Agave. Yeah. Like, and, and then I feel like I'm using 10 times as much as I would if I had just used the teaspoon of sugar yeah. in the first place. It's just balance. Like raw cane sugar, use that instead of stevia, like mm-hmm. the fake stuff. You yeah. know, it's just, it's balance. But something else that uh, you and I share in common Uh-oh. are we don't eat the glutens. <laughs> so gluten um, is... A lot of, I explain this to a lot of patients because I think that the difference in, in why my family chooses to avoid certain foods is really important to understand. Mm-hmm. There are food allergens and then there are food sensitivities. And those two categories, like food allergens tend to be um, put on a pedestal above food sensitivities, but it's really just the antibody that we're looking at. And all those antibodies are equal in how important they are to our immune system. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm an antibody accumulator. She is. We're not talking about that right now, but we shall <laughs> talk about that later. Um, <laughs> just for anybody else out there. I'm a, this a, morning no. when she walked in, I said, holy moly, Anna Kate, you have every single antibody possible. But anyways, that's why we call her the <laughs> medical mystery overachiever and yes. now antibody collector or the accumulator. Um, but it's really important to know that gluten, like none of us are allergic to gluten in my house. None of us are sensitive to gluten. If I not did celiac. A, a, not celiac, if I did a blood panel on any of us, we wouldn't have those antibodies pop up IgE, IgG, IgA. And that is not all that matters to me because some mm-hmm. patients will want to be like, well, like I want to see on paper that I'm allergic or sensitive. And that's not the only reason as to why to avoid it. There right. is a bigger reason. And the bigger reason for gluten specifically is that it is so stinking autoimmune provoking. There is extensive literature, I mean, spanning the last 30 years, that relates gluten intake directly to thyroid antibodies increasing. When I was first diagnosed with Hashimoto's at 21 years old, my antibodies were over 800. They literally stopped quantifying at 800. So that could have been 801 or it could have been Mm 8,000. We don't know. I cut out gluten only and it brought them all the way down to 100. After conventional medicine will tell you that there's nothing that you can do to bring those antibodies down. Um, but that's just a good example with, it, it's how gluten breaks down in our system, in our country specifically, because of all the pesticides that are used, because of all the glyphosate that's mm-hmm. used, it is insanely autoimmune provoking. And patients will feel that symptomatically with more brain fog, mm-hmm. more fatigue, more joint pain, more muscle aches, muscle weaknesses versus your true quote allergen or sensitivity, which tends to be gut related or, you know, hives or, or something like that. Right. So for me with history of Hashimoto's, I was like, nobody gets gluten in my house. Cause I'm also not making or Ten having things, three right. sets of rules right. for other people. And I know my kids are at a higher disposition or predisposition because 
of my genetics and in my family history with Hashimoto's. So that for me is why I choose to avoid gluten. Why? And I can tell if I eat it, I get extremely tired. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will have to take a nap afterwards. How does it impact you? It's my joints. Yeah. I like swell again with the stress. It's it's managing the stress for me because that'll trigger a, a joint flare. Um, but also, it's the it's just an achiness and a like my hands. I got gluten yesterday. Yeah, and you're I, swollen today. Yeah. So I I mean if you're if you're looking if you're in podcast land, my hands are feet? Sw- my hands are swollen. No, actually they're the same size now. They're yeah, the same a little bit. A little bit swollen. Yeah. yeah. But like there'll be joint pain in my knee or like I twit like I twisted something or it's just kind of achy achy yeah. in that way. Um I will get tired. Um I try not to do gluten. If I do, it's what better will be worth it and then I'm going to go take a nap after. Right. Like you know that it's going to impact you. Yeah. So and I can plan for that. And there's some some food things because it feeds my soul that I will do, but it hurts mm. my body. And this is a good point. Some patients especially who deal with chronic illness, they will remove gluten for 2 weeks, let's say. And they'll say, I didn't see anything. It's not long enough. It is not long enough. Gluten, how the protein breaks down, it takes eight weeks at least for that protein to leave your body. So you have to remove gluten, I say, for at least 10 weeks. Because if it takes eight weeks for that little, you know, Mm -hmm. what to leave your system. And you really don't know what you feel like without it until a few weeks past that. Right. Right. So that's huge. So since I got glutened yesterday, it will be eight weeks from- I say glutenized. Yeah, from <laughs> from yesterday until it's out of my system. And I know better. Like there's not anything. Now, here's the thing. It's not, I have realized because I've traveled to Europe that I am not, that I don't have an issue with the gluten protein. Okay. It's not the protein. This is not the protein. It's the S-H-I-T, can I spell that? Yes. That we put on it in this country. It's all the toxins and herbicides and pesticides and all the things. Because we don't treat any of our other grains with all of that toxic sludge and crap. So when we go to Europe, I can have, I can sit in Paris and have a cup of tea and a croissant. And Mm -hmm. yes, I say it that way. It's a croissant. croissant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there's just... Other things that I get to enjoy. So if I do have pasta here, um, I found one at Trader Joe's that's imported from Italy. Yes. Like I can do that and I can yes. have pesto and cheese and so olive oil. And this really, oh, olive oil. Yeah. That sounds great. Like some bread dipped in olive oil with, oh, okay. It'll have stop. to be sourdough from an organic bread. Okay. So yeah. yes, thoughts. Number one is that I totally agree. I can have true celiac patients go to the mountainside of Italy on their honeymoon and eat a full pizza and not flare. Mm -hmm. So it is absolutely not the gluten protein itself or, or the just gluten molecule itself. It is how we handle it in this country Mm -hmm. that I'm a firm believer of. Um, the other thing is sourcing. Yes. So if someone has an autoimmune condition or if we're just a family who is trying for the most part to avoid something like we are just for general health and wellness, then when you do choose to consume it, go to your local bakery, you know, know where it's sourced from, Mm -hmm. know that it is 
organically grown, no pesticides or glyphosate are utilized in, in the process and not the store-bought processed stuff. Right. I, tried, I was going to say uh -huh. a different word yep. and I'm not going to. Um, that has been sitting on the shelves for so long. Yep. So that's huge is sourcing. Yeah. I went to a girls retreat weekend a couple weekends ago and one of the um, girls, she makes sourdough bread. She's an yes. at-home baker. Yes. Dude. Okay. You know how at, at work, like we'll take a break and go get a snack. We had a break in our, between our morning or afternoon session. There was, I brought fudge. There was like all kinds of cookies and candies oh, and ice cream and all fudge. kinds of stuff. There was a bag left of bread of sourdough bread. So in between our break, everybody went in and grabbed her sourdough bread, Kerrygold butter and salt. And that's what we had for an afternoon snack. Mm. Like, that sounds yummy. It was delicious. Yeah. I, I'm telling her she's just got to ship them to me. So or do teach you me notice how to make them. with you having, I just get tired and that's my symptom with you and joints swelling. Do mm -hmm. you notice like when you had that sourdough bread, did you have to recover the same day as extreme as you would if it was? That was a little bit different because it was a retreat weekend and I was on. Ah. So I have to be careful. I don't think it added. If I had had regular bread, probably yes. But because she used a fermented sourdough, mm -hmm. right? Her starter and that her flour was organic. I think yeah. that really makes a big difference. But I had also driven down to Gainesville. Like, yeah, I was there. A there's a bunch. Yeah. So all of those things uh, like tr create triggers for me. Um, so and or it's, maybe it's hard to differentiate a little bit. Right. Yeah. But I know it didn't make it worse, which yeah. if I had had a traditional American gluten product, totally it would have. have like, yeah. there's no walking, there's no, there's no nothing. Yeah. So um, another big um, subject is dairy, for sure. We I know you eat dairy. Yep. We for I would say our home is 98% dairy free, because my husband is significantly lactose intolerant. My son is also lactose intolerant. I'm kind of a firm believer that we all are to a degree somewhat lactose intolerant. We're we, not meant to. Yeah. We are the only mammals that drink somebody else's milk. Like, do you see donkeys drinking camel milk or, you know, cats drinking cow milk? Yeah. Like, no, they drink their mommy's milk and that's it. So I think that that that's a whole nother topic. Milk teeth. We got We got to do milk teeth and babies yes. and food and we'll yes. talk about that. But the dairy industry just obviously... Yeah blossomed and catapulted this whole big thing. So I I definitely think that we all are somewhat lactose intolerant, but some more so than others. Like mm -hmm. I, I know I cannot have ice cream. I know I cannot have frozen yogurt or something rich like that. Can you have gelato in Europe? In Italy. Yes. <laughs> in Italy. And my husband, again, severely lactose intolerant. When we were on our honeymoon in Italy, he had gelato like three times a day and he was fine. Europe. So I think we need to move our podcast there for like a month I and just know, record and, just, right, and eat, the eat all the things. So I do, uh, it again, sourcing really matters. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing raw milk, like that is completely different than... Have you had raw milk? Mm -hmm, I get it locally. I want raw milk. Yeah. So raw milk is awesome. I love if you're, if we're doing cheese, it's going to be uh, from my local shop mm -hmm. that I go to 
or a sharper cheese. Aged. Yes. Hard, a harder cheese. Harder cheeses have less casein content, which is one of the proteins in cow dairy. Mm-hmm. So it's easier on the people who cannot tolerate or break down that casein or uh, protein as, as well as somebody else. Right. So if you're doing drinking a protein shake, why I prefer a, a plant-based shake. Now, I have to, I have to mix in an actual fat to make it creamy like coconut oil or something because just with water it's not the same but also having it be whey based and not casein based because a lot of them i can't do whey either have but so i mean it's just for you for you listening at home what you can tolerate and like i like a you have a protein shake sitting over there i do so i like having a protein pea protein pea protein yum Um, I like having them because they're an additional source because I don't like to eat all the time. Like, I don't want to cut yeah, and chew like, my yeah. food. I like to drink. <laughs> yeah. So it makes it nice. I mean, it makes it nice sources. and easy. Throw it in a, in a blender. I have a uh, blueberry muffin one that I absolutely love. Now, I got the same brand in a lemon one. In the lemon one, the texture is different. Oh, yeah. So it's for me, it's it's texture. Even just making them exactly the same, throwing in fruit, throwing in my greens, throwing in whatever. Mm-hmm. It all makes a difference, but it's what my body likes and listen to your body. And if you're exactly. going back to our point from before is if you're putting all this junk in your body, you don't know how good you can feel until it's gone, until it's gone. So yeah. giving yourself enough time to. Absolutely. And dairy, I mean, dairy specifically is very inflammatory. So a lot of my patients who have chronic GI issues Dairy is a huge trigger mm-hmm. because it's just so darn inflammatory for our GI tract that removing it does wonders for those patients. You know, for me, it's just more of an immediate, oh, my stomach's going to hurt and I'm going to have to run to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to be doing that over time. A lot of us think that's just a one-off event and that our body recovers. But if your body's responding that way, that's an immune response. That's a physical response right. over time that does damage to the body, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's totally about what your body can tolerate. We can't have it in the house because two of our humans are lactose intolerant. Um, we do have sharper cheeses, but then we alternate through like almond milk, coconut milk. Um, we will do like a plant-based chocolate milk every once in a while, but I like to rotate through kind of the plant-based milks mm-hmm. and not just rely on one right. over and over and over again. And now a word from our sponsor. The kids are back to school and this means in addition to homework, they will also bring home those nasty classroom germs. Protecting the health of the entire family is key and so too is taking a preventative approach. I trust Stellar Biotics for daily immune and gut health support. With 20 years of science behind their metabiotic and probiotic supplements, Stellar Biotics produces all natural, proven, safe, and effective supplements for everyone in your family, children, nursing mothers, and even pets. I trust them for my own family's immune and gut health support, and I hope that you consider them for your family too. Learn more at StellarBiotics.com and use coupon code DRCC10 to get 10% off of your purchase. So another thing to talk about when we're talking about plant-based milk is there are some things that are additives. So gums Mm -hmm. are really hard on your system. So if you switched because you thought that you had a dairy intolerance and you still may. oils. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell me what a canola is? I've never eaten a canola. I've never eaten a canola either. What's a canola? (laughs) 
like canola. Okay, vegetable oil, that's a stretch, but I can right. kind of get behind that one maybe a little bit. I still wouldn't eat it. But what's a canola? Like canola oil canola. is a is a thing. Like Oh. Have you ever eaten no. a canola? I mean, peanut oil comes from peanuts. Grape seeds come from actual seeds so of there grapes. there actually is a canola plant. What is canola oil is a vegetable oil derived from the canola plant. Canola seed processing involves synthetic chemicals that help extract the oil. Gross. Right on Google. That's the first thing on Google. <laughs> um, so yeah, many of those seed oils are synthetically derived. So I, yeah, there's very few companies that I like and they tend to be more expensive, mm -hmm. unfortunately, because they don't have all those added ingredients. So we're after cold pressed virgin which means it's the first press yeah. and not so cold press means that there's no heat added and obviously there's no chemicals added right. as well so right. uh, um really good olive oil avocado oil now you'll notice if you get a especially with olive oil and you'll know and if you have had olive oil it's really really good you get one that's almost green in color avocado mm -hmm. will be that way as well because avocado oil comes from the whole fruit not from the pit right. not from the seed right interesting um so but your olive oil will be vibrant and green and almost very fruity and vegetal in kind of a smell um and that's your finishing oil and then those um the ones that look like olive oil, when you think of olive oil, it's that nice golden mm -hmm. color. That's what you can cook with. Um, know what you're cooking. Yes. Avocado is great I high. Temperatures, yes. Yep. Yeah. Is a high, high oil, high heat, high heat oil. Mm -hmm. um, so is ghee because you're removing the fat solids. Right. So that is also, you know, helpful as, as well. Um, it, you know, we have a lot of Asian population here and they, I mean, ghee is everywhere. Yeah. Like that's a, I love ghee. That's we a use thing. ghee. Yeah. We do. It's good I go off face. and on because of the flavor sometimes i'm like eh, i'm not feeling it don't put ghee on your face i was just kidding i mean or do it i mean you can eat it and it'll show up on your face in a really good in a good way Nothing bad will happen. Yeah. it'll be fine um, um don't use coconut oil on your face it's non-comedogenic yes that will make you break out don't do that yeah clog up all your yeah. pores um another thing speaking of drinks that we do for our kids specifically is and we have done this from the get-go is we allot them or allow them a morning drink. So they have their morning drink, their fancy morning drink, and the rest of the day you best believe is water. And that's just always been our thing. Like when, when the babies are transitioning kind of off of breast milk, whenever they have their morning baba, their morning bottle. Mm -hmm. And then as they grow up, that kind of just sticks that the morning becomes their one drink where they can have something other than water. And then the rest of the day is water. And it's funny because it's morphed. They're still drinking water in the morning because what our kids think is juice is actually just flavored electrolytes. Nice. So, um, I mean, Ava knows. Like, she yeah. calls it her flavored water. Um, we use Cure Hydration. They're these little powders and they're, they're packets of powder. There's tons of different flavors. We use the mixed berry one, but there are a ton and you can get like little sampler packs mm -hmm. to see which flavor you like best and good ingredients, organic ingredients and good dosages with electrolytes, but they'll take half of a packet. So they're little, they don't need a full packet mm -hmm. and get some water, pour half a packet in, mix it up. It turns their water pink Cute. and they love it. And that's their morning drink. And Every so often we'll do like a plant-based chocolate milk where they can have in the morning. We very rarely have true juice. Mm -hmm. um, once in a blue moon, we'll get them like a good 
local organic orange juice that I still mix with water. Yeah. <laughs> I do half and half. I mean, yeah. still. Well, um, even even juicing fruits and vegetables, you're missing the part that makes the it a fiber. Fruit, the fiber. And yeah. that your body has to do the work to get the sugar out of the cell is part of stabilizing your blood sugar. Yes. That's part of fiber. Yeah. Because if that. you're just, you know, putting it down, mm -hmm. you know, like that doesn't really do anything but spike your... And you heard about, exactly. sorry, relative to now. So if you're listening to this in the future, there was um, someone that passed away recently because she was a fruititarian. Oh, I saw this. And she was malnourished. All she ate was fruits and vegetables, but she was malnourished. So there is something to say about, you know, boosting your immune system with the right kinds of foods and the right mm -hmm. balance of foods. And, you know, and you and I are firm believers of this, that we prepare a meal or look at a plate or a snack with start with protein yeah. fiber or carbohydrate and a fat like what is what are those like, things yeah what is your food serving you what is the purpose behind mm -hmm. it i think that has been greatly lost in our society is that we eat for convenience or we eat because it's good and mm -hmm. that's not to say we shouldn't we should absolutely enjoy ourselves and have meals that bring us nothing but joy yep but our mainstay, there should always be a purpose behind that food. Mm -hmm. Because food is extremely healing. And we've come so far from that with everything being processed and everything being convenient where we can get the same things from the stores all year round that we've strayed away from kind of the healing properties and the, the real reason behind food, which is to keep us alive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but so yeah, that that is something in the morning that we do. We also will take like a plant-based milk and just use raw cacao mm -hmm. and put a little bit in there and make our own little chocolate milk Yum. and that will be their morning drink. But then they know the rest of the day is water and that's just how we operate. Water is good. Real water is good. Real water is good. Yes. We yes. are actually talking about that on our next episode. So we will, we will get there. Yep. Um, something that I think is also important to talk about before we move on from food is We've talked a little bit about sourcing, um, but then how you care for the product once it's in your home. Because mm. even when you buy organic things from Publix or from the grocery store, they can still be contaminated with pesticides and herbicides. There's a rumor. Do you know this rumor? No, I don't know this rumor. Where when they put things up at the grocery store, they spray them with their internal oh. fruit fly stuff oh. so they don't get that in the store. So even yeah. if it's quote unquote organic, mm -hmm. like that they still spray something. I don't know if that's true. If you know if that's true, conspiracy theory, let me know. Yeah. Also, the whole appeal thing. You yeah. Know about appeal? A appeal. No. Okay. Oh, Is this mess. like 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 dirty dozen kind of a thing? No. But oh. that's a good, actually, source that we can talk about. Um, no, Appeal is a company now that is coating fruits and vegetables with a synthetic material that is supposed to preserve the fruit and vegetable for a longer period of time. That sounds disgusting. They have to put a sticker on the fruit for now and vegetable that says Appeal. It can be on organic things. It can be on non-organic produce. And you cannot wash it off. If you go on the website, A-P-E-E-L, if you go on their website, they're very, um, what's the word when you're trying to like avoid 
giving information out. <laughs> um, like cloak and dagger, very. Um... It's just, it's very hard to find what actual ingredients are in the synthetic coating. You can there's mm. no just clear. Hey, this is what it is. Hmm. There's no clear ingredient list, and so it, it's. But it you can't wash it off. But it says to wash your hands after handling. But I'm gonna. But eat you it, can eat it. But I can eat it. Gross. So that is something that for produce to watch out for right now. It is in stores. I have seen it locally, even on organic things. Um, otherwise, regardless of where you're getting your produce, I would always suggest soaking it. Whatever it is, berries, especially strawberries, we put, we have filtered water because <laughs> if you're putting mm -hmm. in a toxic water, what's the point? We use filtered water and we put our produce in there. We use a little bit of apple cider vinegar and some baking soda and we let it sit 15, 20 minutes. We drain it out using a strainer, rinse it off really good. I mean, for another like five minutes or so, rinse it off. And that's our process. We then let it out to dry um, and, and pack it away in, in glass Tupperware. But it is insane the things that you'll see come off of produce. Okay, so I'm from the generation, and I know you are too. God made dirt, and dirt don't hurt. And dirt doesn't hurt. I want my kids eating dirt, but I don't want my kids eating dirt with pesticides on it. Yes. <laughs> you know? That makes that makes a like, difference, That's too. what we're trying to get rid of, um, not the dirt. If it was just good old-fashioned soil that was yep. not filled with toxins, yep. I'm good with that. Yep. Now, when you go out to your garden, and yes. you pull things off and eat things right off the vine, or do you... We, we will. Well, okay. Yes. Yes. And no. So our, our garden is organic. It is, we are using water that is extremely clean to water it. Um, because we are fortunate to have a whole house filter. So we know that that is as clean as possible. I'm going to get a little conspiracy theory here. Theorist here. Our rain water. So rain is going to be because our bodies of water are so polluted now, our rainwater. Where does rain come from? It pulls from those bodies mm -hmm. of water and rains back down. So I do think our rain is much more acidic. I know a lot of people who are having trouble um, growing foods, especially this year, mm -hmm. who've been gardening for 20, 30 years. So I do think our rain is is more acidic. And for that sense, we will. I'll just wash them off but I don't soak them. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't bring them home and soak them. My kids, yeah, they'll pull a strawberry and eat it. But if we're bringing up a, a big basket home, I'll just soak it and let it dry or not soak it. I'll, I'll rinse it off and let it dry. Yeah. I won't do the whole soaking process. Yeah. Well, I mean, not. there's like, they're outside. It's outside. I yeah. mean, there's dirt and bugs yeah. and. And I love that. Yeah. That's good. Okay. I love dirt and bugs. It's not the acidic rainwater. Yeah. I'm crazy. I'm telling you I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's good. It's, I mean, so it's, so a couple of things just to reiterate in, in what kind of what we've talked about is, you know, make the shift to eating better things for you. Make, see if you can go without gluten for eight weeks, like yeah. pick today see how you feel, and then go and then give yourself an extra couple of weeks and yeah. really monitor it. Cause once, if you get glutenized or get glutened, you're, you have to start over. <laughs> so it really does take a, um, a concerted choice and an effort to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but then also when you're going and looking at ingredients of things, when you're turning and learning, see what's on there on the package. If you're going to a website to buy something, if it is not readily available and that you cannot get to 
the nutrition facts and ingredients within two or three clicks. Huge red flag. Just turn, turn and, and walk away. So, um, you know, and also do what you can with what's local. What's available. Right. Yeah. And you would be surprised. So we, I mean, we have a family of five and groceries are wildly expensive, but they're wildly expensive when we go to Publix and we go to Sprouts. If I'm shopping solely locally, it is so much more cost effective. Mm -hmm. So I mean, a fifth of the price. So we have this, I think a lot of us think that it's way more expensive to shop locally, mm -hmm. but it saves us so much. It does. And you're not paying for all the emissions that are going and trucking things. Right. And like, I mean, we get our bananas green that came from wherever they come from. Right. And they've been in a box for two weeks. And did you know that I know that you get your leg, your eggs locally. locally yeah. So that's on my next on my list to do. do you know, and, they bleach them. Is that what you're going to say? No. Oh, I, Oh, they totally bleach eggs, I eggs in the stores. They, yeah. Why do you think they're so darn white? Like, Eggs, naturally occurring eggs that are all different chickens. colors. They are all different colors. Some of them are light blue. Some of them are dark blue. Some of them are orange. Some of them are brown. Some Green. of them are off white. Yeah. yeah. So when you when a when a when a chicken lays an egg, you can take that egg and put it on your counter, and it will be good. You don't have yes. to put it in the fridge. You don't have yeah. to do nothing. Now, if you go to the grocery store and you pick up eggs. There's a guarantee that by the time that they get into your fridge, they are 100 days old. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Gross. Think about that. Yeah. So shop local. Um, another big concept, obviously, for us is physical activity mm -hmm. is moving. Um, well, you're fueling these athletic bodies at oh your house. Oh, my goodness. That's them Brooks jeans, <laughs> my husband. He you're pretty athletic, too, ma'am. I Yes. I, yes, in my day. Don't sell yourself. I was, it. that's for sure. You're making babies. That's pretty athletic. <laughs> hey, I agree, actually. Um, but I think the importance here is that looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it's so it's definitely such a pushed um, concept. But for us, it just means moving. So we are we have focused a lot on the balance of the kids being able to be inside and maybe watch a show versus playing. And they since birth have not been able to watch more than two 20 minute episodes because the kids episodes are like 24 minutes yeah. at random once maybe twice a week as they've grown up it's usually once a week and then we do a family movie night yeah. once a week but otherwise they are playing inside they are just running around inside sometimes like wrestling and playing with legos and doing puzzles mm -hmm. and you know, just stimulating their brains in different ways. But then 90% of the time they are outside and they don't, because they've grown up like that, they don't come back and they're not like, we're bored. Yeah. They never do that because we, from the get go, we're like, go outside. We didn't tell them to go outside and here's what to do. Just go outside, yeah. explore, go run around, go find some trees to, I don't know, climb and look climb. at the bugs and yeah and dig and like jackson has a little shovel out there and he finds little spots to dig and he finds cool little rocks and they're just constantly playing outside there's balls outside we'll be playing catch outside we'll play tag and by we i mean 
Will and them and I'll stand there and you'll be base. I'll be base. Yeah. I'll be home base. Um, they're swimming. They're, they're constantly outside doing things or we're going on family hikes Mm -hmm. over the summer. And I mean, these kids last year at six and four did a three mile hike. Yeah. And didn't complain because that's what they're used to. They're just used to being outside and we don't, it's, you know, it's not a treacherous hike. Like it would be in Colorado or something like these mountains are, you know, just North Georgia mountains are not what I consider very, uh, voluptuous mountains. Um, so it's a little bit easier, but still they enjoy it. They like being out there. They like looking for plants and animals and different bugs. And that I think is so important. It's not always a sport, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not, but it's still play. But it's, yeah, exactly. It's still outside and play and they're being active and it's fun. So they're not, it's not as structured of a thing that they are having to go to. On the flip side of that, I do think as they get older, it's very important to find out what they like to do Mm -hmm. and allowing them to explore those options. So we kind of like rotate through things where Jax right now is super into T-ball. And then he said, Oh, mommy, I think I want to do soccer this fall. And he's never said that before. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's try soccer. Ava has been doing gymnastics for a while, mm-hmm. which she loves, but she wants to do tennis this fall. Okay. So I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, we're just well, know. little well-rounded athletes. See, Olympics. Yeah. Jada, pick, just pick. Just pick something, Jada. <laughs> yeah, she gets older. Um, Jada, when you're 15, um, we're super proud of you wherever you are right now, doing whatever sport you're doing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or maybe not. Maybe you're playing an instrument. But I think it's just, it's really important to not force kids into things, but allow them to choose their paths for what they're interested mm-hmm. in. And I think it, it was, I just thought it was super cool that both my kids this summer were like, hey, I'm interested in this and I would like to try it. Yeah. You know, and I love that. But you know, they definitely have a different base because they did grow up going to the gym with Will right. and going to practice and seeing him work out for his job for years and years Right, that that is their norm and what mm-hmm. they're used to. But just for the average human out there, I think just playing, you know, yeah. it doesn't always need to be this crazy, like high intense thing, but just get outside and play and run around and enjoy your time together. Do you have a commitment contract with the kids when they want to try new stuff? Yes. What's your, what's your, what's your commitment contract? So Ava, for example, last year, she really wanted to do dance and bless her soul. Dance, unfortunately was all year round. So, cause she actually went to a dance school. Mm -hmm. Um, so they started in the fall and then their show was early May and by about December, She was like, I don't want to go. I don't like it. And I'm like, you know what, baby? We decided that we were going to try this. Mm -hmm. You committed to your teacher. You committed to your peers in your class. You have a show coming up in a couple months. We just got to get to that show. And if you don't want to do dance again, you don't have to. And so whatever, unfortunately for her, that season was so long. But that is important to us mm-hmm. that if you give your word to somebody or, or you commit to something that you are following through with it. And then it is totally your choice at the end of that, whether you want to do it again or not. Right. 
That's so, good. Yeah, that's that's what we kind of follow through with. Um, well, it's good to have. I mean, it's good to have that commitment to yourself yeah. and be held accountable for the things that you want to do. So, if you want to change the way that you eat and the way that your kitchen is structured in your household, is that the people in your family you say this is what I want to do, and when it's time to get more laundry detergent, this is what we're picking. And yeah. when we're doing this and this and this, and I want everybody on board with that or whatever, or come together of, hey, what can you help me do? Or what do you want to be in charge of and make that commitment? Mm -hmm. So it's not just, hey, like after dinner, we'd like to go for a walk before the, right. you know, just around the block. It doesn't have to be yeah. anything big, but, Absolutely. you know, and then getting back onto your circadian rhythms of eating dinner before it gets dark outside yes. and, you know, turning off screens and doing all that. And that that's great that they don't have, they're not driven by screen time either. No, our kids, I mean, they don't even have an iPad. You know, they don't, they have a, a little tablet that my rule is they can have them on trips when mm -hmm. we are traveling more than three hours. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. If we're in the car for two and a half hours, no, they can bring books. They can bring little games. They, you know, their car seats are right next to each other. They can entertain themselves for that two and a half hours. They can, we'll have all the snacks in the world. Yep. Um, if we are traveling more than that, then I'll, I will bring the tablet. But even so we have parameters where if we have an eight hour car ride down to South Florida, yeah, you'll get that for like, watch a movie and yeah. then take a break yeah. and color, read a book, whatever. And then we'll give it back to you in a little bit. Right. Um, I think that balance is absolutely very important too. Yeah. Got some smart kiddos. We do. Because they got, they got smart mama we're and daddy. Blessed. And that's, I do feel that was an advantage that these the things that i'm saying we started from birth mm -hmm. so it makes it it's their norm i wasn't taking anything away right, and right. that's a much different conversation is if a kid is used to something and used to that instant you know satisfaction and that overstimulation mm -hmm. constantly that then when you go to take it away it you know havoc yes it's absolute havoc some adults throw a temper tantrum when you do that too it's like me when i don't eat yeah yeah i throw temper tantrums too but I think um, also when it comes to health and wellness for us, there's a flip side too, to like the physical activity and being busy and, you know, being on the go, I think equally as important as stopping. Mm -hmm. And we're such a go, go, go society that we often feel as adults, I think, guilty for slowing down. But for my kids, it's something that I'm constantly working on. Um, but for my kids... I want them to be able to listen to their bodies mm -hmm. and know when enough is enough and know when they have to slow down and know when they need to rest and know just, just be so in tune with themselves that they are able to make those decisions to be like, Hey, I want to meditate this morning. Yeah. Like, hey, we'll come to like, mommy, can we meditate this morning? And, or going outside and just grounding yourself, mm -hmm. being barefoot, just kind of recovering and, and, absorbing the energy that we can from the ground and from the sun. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's equally as important to just slow yeah. down. Take a rest. There's recovery and Take repair that happens only in rest. Yes. So you yeah. can't be doing all the time, and all the time. Exactly. And I think it looks different for everybody. Some people can stop and take little two-minute meditations throughout the day. Other people might use that as prayer time. Mm -hmm. Other people, like sometimes in the middle of my workday, I just go outside and I take my shoes off and I just stare like yeah. into sunshine 
And I just, that recharges me, like being in nature recharges me. Um, but it looks different. So mm-hmm. find your thing that can just recenter your soul yeah. throughout a crazy day. I think even kids need that too. Oh yeah. Like just because they're not going through the stressors that adults go through, they're going through equally as big of stressors in their individual life that we look at and we're like, really? But yeah. to them, it's big. They're learning how to navigate you know? this big, big world of ours. And, yeah. you know, that's a good thing um, too. Of If you're traveling and are in new places, get somewhere where you can get your shoes off and like go hug a tree. Yes. Like serious. No, if you serious. cannot. So we'll go to um, Park City and go skiing in the wintertime. And it's cold. I don't want to take my shoes off. Right. But we'll run out there. There'll be like one little dry patch that doesn't have snow on it. So we'll go and take our shoes off and run yeah. and stand on that in like 10 seconds and then run back in the house. The other thing. So seriously, go hug a tree. If you cannot get somewhere where you can't get your shoes off, go and put your hand on a tree. We are electrical beings and we, our cells are rejuvenated by nature mm-hmm. and by the energy that it produces. So yeah, that I'm, I totally agree with Get that. grounded. Get grounded. Uh, I was going to say something and then I totally forgot. Oh, oh, something else. If your feet get too cold in the, in the winter, like Anna Kate was saying. Um, I also sometimes so at work, we have this pink Himalayan salt dome. And so it's pink Himalayan salt and it's shaped like a dome. Um, and it's my water's going to spill. It's about yay big. I don't know, bigger than your head. And it lights up. So there's a light bulb in it mm-hmm. and you turn it on and that heats up the Himalayan salt dome. You put your feet on it and it is, especially in winter, it just feels so good. That sounds like it, heaven. Yes. It really grounds you and just centers you. So every once in a while, like if I've had a crazy day at work, I'll go on our detox room, close the door and just mm-hmm. put my feet on it and just close my eyes and sit there. Nice. Yeah. So just something, something to slow down. There, your DNA is written with, with God's creative voice in yes. your DNA and how, when he spoke light into being into actual reality that they can trigger how your cells react to different mm-hmm. light waves and like exactly. that God wrote that on your DNA. Yeah. Like that's cool. That's why it impacts us so greatly mm-hmm. in terms of healing, but also staying healthy both ways. We are, we are energetic beings. We are, we are electrical light beings. We are electrical beings. I think that's super important. And I also think it is super important to just control what we can. There is just so much chaos in the world that we can like just get swallowed up by it. And we forget that we can have control of our home and what we bring into our home. And I mean, that's completely up to us. Mm -hmm. It's up to us what we take our money and purchase, you know, and we can choose some of these better options for our family. But I think just not with so we that we don't overwhelm ourselves. We just make the understanding that we can control what we can and let everything else go. Like, Mm -hmm. I know my kids are going to be exposed to things at school. I know I'm going to be exposed to things as I walk down the street, but that doesn't mean that I cannot control what's in my home or different methods that we utilize to just promote health and wellness. Right. So we will dive a little bit deeper into that. 
um, on our next episode talking about all things non-toxic and reducing that toxic burden and why that toxic burden is so important mm-hmm. and just little changes that we can make in our daily life to lessen the risk that comes with tons and tons and tons of toxins that we're exposed to on a daily basis. Yep. So let us know, discoverers, what you do in your home to set those boundaries and create your sanctuary at home and how you navigate that. And we want to hear. We want to know. We'll leave down in the show notes a way to do that. And we are so excited to dive into all things non-toxic and reducing that toxic toxic burden load um, in our next episode. So uh, until we see you next time. Let's discover together. Hey, Discoverer, we sat down with Stellar Biotics and learned more about their Dell Immune V product. Take a listen. It's a huge point because I have a lot of patients when they are at the beginning stages of whatever illness that we are trying to help with, whether it is IBS, Crohn's, IBD, anything like that, or even just, just chronically ill patients where you don't know what's going on, a lot of those patients can't handle probiotics Probiotics. where they will flare, they'll feel worse Mm -hmm. when they're given a really strong probiotic. And that can mean a couple of things. It can mean that those bacteria are attacking something and or releasing endotoxins within their GI tract. And it's just making their symptoms flare. Or it can truly mean that their GI tract is not ready to receive that information. Right. And so I completely agree that healing that gut lining and sealing it up before you work to re-diversify it is a much needed step. Yeah. I never understood why when I was on, I had a whole antibiotic journey for a long time, but they kept putting me on different uh, probiotics as well. And I'm like, I, I just quit taking the probiotics because I was like, it doesn't, you have a, you have a pick line in my Mm -hmm. arm feeding me full of antibiotics. I don't need to spend $150 on probiotics that this is going to kill on Thursday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Never like you're right. It's part of the process. They are important, but knowing where um, you're at in as timing as a chronic Mm -hmm. patient timing. Yeah. Where you are and what is really going to serve you now to stop or fix what's trying to be fixed Mm -hmm. and not put a bandaid on it. And then how do you heal after that? Because you can't some things you can't do. You can't do at the same time. time. Yeah. So that's yeah, no, I agree. Right. Um, we have a way of explaining it. That's like, like a metaphor where you all of a sudden someone knocks on your door and you have 10 people show up and they, you have to, they're your relatives or whatever. Right. And you have to like bring out food for them. So there's, if you, if you don't have things set up, your people, the people are going to end up fighting for the food. There's going to be you know, uh, what happens with these strains is they start like competing against, against each other, right. For, for what resources are available and there, and, and there's no space, you have no chair, so they they can't sit. And like, if you prepare, if you know, if they don't show up and announce, um, you'll be able to feed everyone, seat, sit everyone. And it won't be like the, Right. You need the to chaos. put out the food um, first. You need to put out the chairs first yeah. and then welcome the guests in. Yeah. Hey, Discover, Let's discover more. Find episode link in today's show notes. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Discovery Doc. Connect with us on Facebook at the Discovery Doc. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, thediscoverydoc.com.
www.soulpreneurs.com. This podcast is produced by Soulpreneurs Association and powered by soulsoftware.co. Empowering your digital journey with innovative solutions. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourages listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.